Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to the third episode of The First Exchange with me, your host, Lydia Daydal. Today I was joined by a very good friend of mine, um, an incredible woman who I've known for the last five years, uh, Lindsay Doyle, gym owner, owns the, the lab gym in Dunleary, personal trainer, functional sports nutritionist, a master's student, world champion, multiple time uh, kickboxing champion and kickboxing black belt, jiu-jitsu blue belt and most importantly, mother to Bodhi. Um, I hope you enjoy the third episode, uh, another good one. Um, I'm really enjoying getting all these inspirational women on the show, but next week we'll be back with some guys. But um, uh, for now, enjoy the podcast with Lindsay Doyle. Lindsay Doyle, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm very good. Welcome to the uh, the third episode of The First Exchange. Exciting. I know you've listened to the first two. I have, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> good stuff. Well, welcome. Um, so obviously... I decided to get you on because, you know, your list of achievements are incredible. We obviously went through them there in, in the intro. Not only do you have your own gym, personal trainer, nutritionist, but you're also an ex-kickboxing world champion, black yeah. belt, jiu-jitsu, blue belt, <laughs> weight cutting specialist, nutritionist, like the list goes on. Um, so, I mean, let's get to it. Let's start at the very beginning. Um, I want you to tell your journey because it's incredible. You know what I mean? And, okay. Uh, you're somebody that, we. how long do we know each other now? Five years, maybe? Five years, yeah. yeah. Um. And I mean, I'll talk about it a little bit further on after you introduce yourself, but you have had a profound, um, a, oh God, am I actually going to cry like 10 <laughs> seconds into our podcast and a profound positive influence on myself and all the girls oh, who, stop. and the guys that, that are surrounded by you. So let's introduce our audience to you yeah. and your wonderful journey. Um, so obviously you were a gym owner, the, the lab gym in, is it Glenageary? Is that the? Uh, Pottery Road. Pottery Road. Yeah. So it's kind of Monkstown, Dunleary yeah. sort of area. Um, you own the lab gym with your other half, yeah. Austin, yeah. and your best friend, best child friend, uh, <laughs> Damien, Damien Darko, who's obviously, uh, your partner is a, a jiu-jitsu champion, you know what I mean? He's won multiple titles, and Damien also is a K1 kickboxing uh, champion as yeah. well. So tell me, how did you meet the guys, and how did you get to where we are now? Yeah, so Damien I know through kickboxing, mm-hmm. so... Um, and then Austin I met in the first gym I worked in. So, uh, But the three of us obviously interested in martial arts. Austin a bit later to the game. Damien and I know each other a long time. Um, I 
started kickboxing for a for transition year project in school. Yeah, no way, really. <laughs> I wanted to go to a life-saving class and all my pals were like, no, we're going to kickboxing. I was like, oh God, all right, I'll go with you. <laughs> Loved it. <laughs> Forward three weeks later, not one of them to be seen because there was too much sweating involved and I'm there like, when can I fight? What's, what's this thing? So, yeah, no way. So it was that quick. You were just like, I love it. this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was it? Is, was it the fact that you got to punch things or was it like, <laughs> <laughs> or was it the release of like t- tension or... Yeah, I don't know. I just really liked the, the the physical test in that the variables was me and another person. Um, I just really enjoyed uh, learning and I yeah. found myself to be quite natural at it. Yeah. Um, later down the line, I realized my father had done kickboxing and my uncles when I was a child and I would have been to see them fight. But I didn't know that until when I started, Ooh. my dad was like, yeah, you were there. Remember that fight where I broke my toe and your mummy had you there in the buggy? And I was like, well, obviously I don't remember that. But No, I always wonder about yeah. those things about children, you know, like because there's an argument that where people go, you know, oh, you, children don't uh, scientifically don't remember anything before the age of eight. And I'm like, I don't think that's possible. I yeah. think they definitely do, you know. Stuff has to land in there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So go on. So yeah, um, loved it fought quite quickly because I again I'm the type of person that learns under pressure so I was like all right let's see what this is all about and found the actual fight was just amazing mental like just it was over so quickly but while it was going on it was so crazy and but it was I guess it was my first taste of meditation because I have never been so present in anything When someone's trying to punch you and kick you in the head, you really have to focus on what's going on. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I loved it. And then I kind of done quite well, quite young and found myself suddenly on the Irish team. Um, And this was before there was juniors and seniors. So age 15 and 16, I was at the the senior world championships and stuff um, and just fighting to get into the medal table. but yeah, I'm just loving it. Love the training. And obviously love the discipline. fighting against people who are way more experienced than you in terms of like age, they have more years under their belt, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when you're fighting big, because Ireland is quite small um, and the style of kickboxing I do is full contact kickboxing. So it's like um, Thai boxing without the elbows and knees. So you're yeah. in a ring and it's knockout or points. Yeah. There's other styles of kickboxing that are more popular that are um, like semi-contact. So it's like touch and stop, more like karate and mm-hmm. there, there would be no ring. It'd be on mats and there'd be no knockout. So... As a girl doing full contact, I was in a minority. Yeah. So it was hard for me to get fights in Ireland. And then I was going to say the Worlds or the Euros or the World Cup fighting girls that might have had 10 fights that year. And I might not have been in the ring. Even like at the Nationals, it got to a stage where nobody was entering my weight class. So I was just going to pick up my belt again. Yeah. And you had to win the national title to be on the team or whatever. But um, so then I started doing a bit of boxing because I was like, All right, I need to be in the ring if yeah. I'm going to be competitive. Um, And quite like boxing, but wasn't as exciting as kickboxing had a bit of success with boxing um done a few internationals and stuff I got a silver medal in the Harangay Cup which was to everyone's surprise um I was boxing at a gory boxing club and they just loved it they'd never had a girl do well and they they still weren't sure how to deal with a girl yeah. like how did you end up in gory you weren't living down there were you I was living in Ballinaclash right is that um, kind of in between Dublin yeah, and Wexford the closest one would have been our club but I knew a guy in the gory club and it was like 10 more minutes in the car and I was like for the benefit of um familiarity I'll just carry on yeah. and go down to court and I loved it down those guys are amazing but the coaches were quite old school and they were still like they'd say all right lads oh, sorry Lindsay all right lads and girls yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like I really don't mind being called lads as part of a collective like I'm, yeah uh, so that's one thing is I'm not easily offended at all because I came up through male martial yeah. arts so 
even in the gym sometimes people are saying so they're like oh sorry and I'm like honestly you'd have to work so hard to offend me with yeah, something like absolutely, that absolutely you know? absolutely well that's in itself is a beautiful thing that it knocks that yeah. um, offence out of you yeah, you know yeah, what I mean yeah, like, yeah. like even more so what I used to find with getting spars and stuff boys didn't really want to be aspiring me because it was lose-lose for them they were either hitting a girl or being beat yeah. up by a girl um, so I had to make myself very like gender neutral if they I couldn't have them think of me as a girl I wouldn't socialize outside the club with anybody they would I would be in in my roughest looking clothes just in train hard and leave because yeah. as soon as they started looking at me like I was a girl my training partners became less and less and I needed training partners to win medals yeah so um that's fun and that's been fun then obviously since I had a baby now I'm like trying to embrace my feminism and it's just not normal to me you know yeah well that's the thing because it's an interesting one right because obviously we're in the same circle of friends right so there's all of us we're all girls right so obviously we're we're a big fan of you know women and women's (laughs) friends and supporting women and stuff but also I think that we bond on it as well because we are sort of um not girly when it comes to being with the lads as in like you know training with lads you know surrounded by that it's just like I'm your equal like fair enough you might hit me a little bit harder but Mm. I'm going to give you my best shot or whatever it is in jiu-jitsu you know what I mean so I think lads sort of you know and again I could be wrong but I think they respect that as well that there's no I think so I think with guys they're so protective of their gyms that they don't want a girl coming in here and being like, oh, you you hit me too hard, or yeah. oh, or like I'm I'm a delicate little flower. Like I kind of work. I, I would be quite old school in my mentality of like, if you're going to show up to a gym that's predominantly male, then yeah. be quiet get and just like get stuck, get stuck in, and tr- you know you're going to be treated equally. So it's going to be rough. So just fucking deal with yeah. it. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? And if they're not, because for me, I'm like, if I'm say if I'm rolling with someone and they're just playing, I'm like, yeah neither of us are learning here I'm learning nothing because you're letting me do what I want and you're yeah. learning nothing because you're just acting the Egypt so like if you're much better than me or much heavier than me you can pick something that you're working on that you're not great at that you can't do with the higher belt lads yeah try it so on this me this is in jiu-jitsu yeah sorry yeah. in jiu-jitsu yeah. and if you know so there's ways for everyone to learn yeah and sometimes unfortunately in jiu-jitsu now not kickboxing well kickboxing sometimes you're learning as a girl is how hard you can get squished and just not cry yeah <laughs> we're like well you tried to break me but you didn't you did that's it but uh, go back to um you know when you were kind of at the peak of your career I suppose and you were winning all these titles yeah talk to me about the relationship one with your coaches and with the gym, you know, and how important that not only the bond, but also the sort of dedication that they instilled into you. How did that kind of contribute to your success? You know, like yeah. you didn't just turn up to the gym and someone go, right, Lindsay, tonight you're going to do X, Y, Z, see you on Tuesday. You know what I mean? Yeah, there was yeah. a there was a bond there. There was a right. We're a proper team. We're going to do this together. And yeah. it was, you know, a family kind of thing, which yeah. you see, you see with, with pro fighters all over the world, you know, especially in MA, which we'll talk about in a bit, but like in the, in the UFC and how it's not just a fighter there's a yeah. whole collective that goes into someone being in the right exactly the yeah yeah exactly definitely I that's what I always say I'm no good at team sports but really a fighting is a team sport because yeah. you're you are in the ring on your own but mm-hmm. there's two people in your corner or three if it's a belt fight um and then you've got all, like all your sparring partners and everything so um yeah it's, it's a kind of a common bond because 
and it's a huge respect thing. Anyone that's ever fought knows what that's like. Win, yeah. lose or draw, that's an achievement to have been in the ring, put yourself on the line like that. So I think fighters very quickly respect each other. And then when you're training and they know what you go through to get to be fight ready. Yeah. Um, Damien joined us when he was 12. So he was like... This is Damien Darker. Damien that I own the gym with, yeah. yeah. Um, he had done taekwondo all his life and he came to kickboxing when he was 12. And I was, I think... 18 or 19 at the time but he was almost my height and there was a class full of men Damien yeah. and me so I was his sparring partner we would pair off and his legs were phenomenal so I wasn't going don't put me with the 12 year old yeah but <laughs> because he had he couldn't box he couldn't throw he had you know karate chops but he couldn't throw a box yeah so for the first couple of years it was Lindsay don't be beating the head off Damien Lindsay don't and then for a couple of years we were kind of evenly matched and then suddenly it was Damien stop killing Lindsay <laughs> I was yeah. like Fuck this lad, you know. Yeah, yeah. And now he's like, three and then times the tables have turned. Yeah. yeah, and actually, I used to call him kid. So his fight name is Damien the Kid Darker, and that comes from me. I'd be saying, no "Come way. on, kid." And um, we we both kind of grew up in a r- rough enough area, and there was some hairy times in in his teen middle years that I thought we knew he was talented. Um, yeah, but I thought we might lose him. His mates now are interested in the what teenage boys are interested in. So. I used to collect him for training and drop him home and stuff like, come on, kid, you're coming training, you know. And he never didn't want to go, but mm. I, I held on to him tight. And I was like, you're, you can't leave this. This is going to be amazing yeah. for you. And he's, he's unbelievable. You've obviously seen, um, you know, being in gyms your entire life, you've obviously seen that kind of wheel of the talented guy or girl turns up, they train their heart out, they start fighting, the coaches are gone, we've something special here. And then they get to 16, 17, 18, <laughs> yeah. 19. And it's like, you're mad. Hasn't left that bar still since <laughs> yeah. fucking last July. Yeah. Do you know? But some people come back. It's good. It happens earlier with girls. Like you might get some young girls, seven, eight, nine, about twelve. They're not interested in sweating anymore, and they're a bit embarrassed around boys and stuff. They'll come back about sixteen or seventeen, mm. whereas the boys will stick it out until sixteen or seventeen, and then they'll go missing, and they'll come back maybe twenty-one, twenty-two when they're trying to be adults. But then everyone else has obviously got five more years training, and yeah then some of them don't survive that ego bashing that they, they'll Absolutely. get from that. What do you think it is with girls, the fact that they drop off so rapidly? Like, sweating. Like, yeah. I do, it's I, a mad old thing, isn't it? Like, do you know what I mean? like not encouraged to, to, to keep stuff up, you know? it's We see it that, we're like, we obviously train together in jiu-jitsu at an East Coast Jiu-Jitsu yeah. Academy. Um, and we see it as well. We're, like, we're training five years out there, do you know what I mean? So the amount of women and girls who've started and then who left. And I spoke about it with Hayley last week on, on the episode that you know, when you get a girl that's there after a year and they're dedicated, you yeah. respect them and you kind of cherish them that yeah. bit more because you know how the drop-off rate is so high for Huge, women in, in yeah. combat sports, you know? Teenage girls, it, it kind of annoys me. I'm really happy that RTE have been shown the Women's World Cup because yeah. that's mainstream media showing females. But if you think, if you're a You did actually old... send a text into the group chat <laughs> last week saying, sorry lads, could everyone just turn on RTE, even if you're not going to watch it? <laughs> So I've had that. I have zero interest in football, but I've had the whole World Cup on my on my TV on mute with Netflix going on on my iPad. But I'm like, I want RT to know that I want to see this, even though I don't want to see it. Yeah. But I really appreciate that there's female sports being mainstream. Like, I can't go into lifestyle now and buy a soccer jersey with Stephanie Roach's name on the back. Yeah. I should be able to. Yes, and you if, should. Yeah. If me as a, say, if I'm ten or twelve, 
who have I got to aspire to? And it's great to have male role models as well, don't get mm. me wrong. But if you don't see that that's a possibility, like there's no girl in the world age 10 now thinking I'm going to be a professional footballer because she, how does she know she can make a living from that? Absolutely. Every 10 year old boy thinks Well, there's that I'm new campaign. I, can't, I actually don't know. Maybe it's a 2020 campaign. Yeah, it's, uh, I think it's hashtag can't see, can't be. Can't see, can't be. Yeah. And it's so important. And even like going back to, you know, my myself when I was in music, when I grew up, like Liam Gallagher was like yeah. my inspiration. Do you know what I mean? And I could never find even in music that, even though there's such a, obviously with music, there's such a selection, you know yeah. what I mean? And then obviously when you get into like sports and different things, maybe if, if if there was someone like that in, in football, maybe it would have caught on to me when I was a young, there was always football on in the gaff, do you know what yeah. I mean? My dad yeah. was, he had spurs on, <laughs> bleeding morning, noon, night and repeated matches the whole lot, you know? Um, so it's an interesting one. Who who were your role models growing up? Did you have any sporting role models? No, I don't think so. I'm not. I'm. I find it very hard to admire people. I can see you're too competitive. That's what it is. It's not. It's. I just don't like put everyone as a human to me. I don't see that anyone's better than anyone. And I find even if I seen a really famous person, I wouldn't dare approach them or I will pass a compliment to someone if they're with me in my conversation and stuff. And. Yeah. I can like obviously I have people I follow on Instagram and stuff like that, but I can appreciate their feet. But I don't. I find it very hard to say I look up to somebody because I, I don't. Yeah. Well, I think I think that's um, is that a quality of kind of martial arts and combat sports because it's that sort of thing of like where you go into a jiu-jitsu academy or a kickboxing gym, whatever it is, and everyone is equal. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Everyone yeah. starts off the same, and there's no yeah, it's you very. Know, grounding and everyone is humanized and um, there's huge respect yeah don't get me wrong but this idea of I'd love to be such and such is just I've even as a child I was never that person I just always was myself yeah so you're so you're you start at kickboxing you're you're winning your world titles you're at the top of your game what happens <laughs> how did it end <laughs> like what happened there you know what I mean um I just so aside from all this I had been in school and in college yeah. um, and I was doing my apprenticeship as a solicitor because that's what I thought I wanted to do. Yeah. Then I wasn't... Mad, like <laughs> it's just so weird to think about you sitting at a desk as a solicitor. And I will say I also do send any kind of contract that I get to Lindsay going like, you wouldn't have a little read over that, <laughs> would you? And she's like, Lydia, get a fucking proper solicitor, will you? <laughs> <laughs> and while you're doing that will you tell me what to have for dinner yeah I, I literally I'm like and then what can I have for my dinner um, <laughs> no but I was training and stuff and then um, I had won a, a lot in kickboxing and basically I had yeah a lot I mean don't be modest here you were like at the top of your game for I was meddling at majors I'm swearing so much Shane I'm looking at Shane over here this is because you said I'm can I swear you and you, you're a bad influence on me I'd like to apologise to my mother for <laughs> And I'm doing so well, haven't I? Oh, you haven't swore <laughs> at all. Uh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so I was, I was meddling at all the majors and stuff, and I had yeah. won a couple of world titles and that. Um, uh, but I kind of had stopped um, enjoying it. It was becoming a, like I love kick, I love fighting. There's no mm. happier time for me than when it's just me, someone else, and a referee. Yeah. Um, but it had become a chore then because I was expected to meddle at everything, and mm. I also. Where was it, that expectation coming from? The coaches, your family, yourself. Every yeah, everybody. Because yeah, it was just right. quite. It becomes quite normal, you know. And then it's like if you don't have a medal, people are like, "Oh God, what happened?" Yeah. Versus celebrating the fact because it's a hard thing to do. Yeah. Um. 
I also was growing out of my weight class and I had, so basically I, I think when I was 19 or 20, I had my tonsils out and I got really sick. I lost a lot of weight and then I had a fight quite soon after. So I got into this 56 and I used to fight at 60 kilos. I won the fight at 56 and then I won a few things and then you're seeded then at world championships and stuff like that. So I was seeded going in at 56. So if I went back into the 60 kilo category, I might have met the world champion in my first match. So I was like, I'll keep my seeding. I'll stay in 56. Um, so then competitions became about making weight, mm-hmm. not fighting. Um, I was training really hard. I was working really hard. At this stage, I had decided I wasn't going to be a solicitor and I was studying my PT certs online. I was taking clients in the morning and the evening um, um, after the office. And I was training on my lunch break in the office, which doesn't be a man. Hustling. Yeah. Hustling <laughs> is what that was. But I was noticed. I just wasn't hungry anymore. I had mm. like world championships coming up and I wouldn't go for a run because I just wasn't arsed. And I was like, OK, this isn't good enough. You know, there's you need something else. So I was like, right, well, that was that. So let's just find something new. And um, I also had been dating my coach and that relationship ended. Uh, so I needed to just separate myself from kickboxing and mm-hmm. that relationship and it was also intertwined I just was like stepping I was starting a new career I wanted to just focus on that mm-hmm. I was missing taking clients to go training I needed to build up my PT name so I was just like look you've gotten what you're going to get out of that I was really happy with what I had done so I was happy enough to just try something new what is that like dating a coach uh, it was great <laughs> well it was great you know? <laughs> <laughs> I know again it was it was good it was I don't didn't know any different yeah. as such but I'm very uh, logical in my brain I put stuff in boxes and this is I'm here in the gym so you're cu- currently my coach so there would never have been any domestics or anything like that like, I'm just mm-hmm. very too black and white sometimes um nothing and gets in the way of training exactly yeah <laughs> we're all here to train let's <laughs> focus to train mate <laughs> <laughs> but um, so then what happened was unfortunately when that relationship broke down um, I was still trying to have him be my coach mm. but then he was kind of maybe using that as a time to see me or you know it, it yeah. just he wasn't dealing with it as well it was my decision to break up so mm-hmm. he was just wasn't dealing with it as well as me and I felt like it wasn't fair on him for me yeah. to be inflicting myself on him for training and we had opened up kickboxing gym together yeah uh, so we were teaching classes and so I was teaching class he was teaching classes um so I walked away from that I left that business with him I said look because he was mad he was just a coach true and true that was uh, his passion it still is yeah so I was happy enough to leave him with that while I figured out my new career um, was that kind of like a final almost like a final nail in the coffin for you in terms of the kickboxing career were you like it's just all coming full circle now and it's just time for newness and, um, and just a breakaway no I tried I carried on um and the Irish coach um Jimmy Upton I would have been quite close to him mm. and he was out in um Kilbarrick yeah Kilbarrick yeah yeah so oh, I yeah, actually started and I was living in Sandyford at the time because I'd moved out of my house I own with the ex I rented an apartment in Sandyford so I was traveling over to him to train twice or three times a week um and so then he became my club coach as well as the international Irish coach which was great but then it was the same like he was trying to pull more out of me like come on over like every fucking night of the week and meet me in Crumlin on Sunday and this and that and I was just like Do you know what I'm actually not, You're like not a into it anymore I'm just the hunger's not there whereas in the past I was getting up I was going for a run coming back maybe hitting pads hitting the bag taking a client going to work mm. hitting the weights at lunchtime coming back doing a sparring class taking a few clients like you couldn't stop me from getting my training in Yeah. whereas then and I'm not a lazy person but I was just like nah it's not for you. Not sitting in the car. Do you think it's in important for a professional athlete to realise that moment in themselves? Yeah. You see it quite a bit where you see people in there and you can see it in their face. 
they don't want to be in there. Yeah. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And it's really sad because people are ruining their legacy. You know, mm, they've, yeah. there's younger people, hungrier people coming in. And what happens obviously is when you're the champion, and this is in every sport, is people are studying you. So mm. it's not going to take people long to figure out your style. Whereas when you have the champion, you're you're chasing them. You're like, all right, she's a kicker. I'm going to work on this and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So if you're not hungry, you're going to get caught up. And then the worst thing I, I hate seeing fighters, pro boxers do it all the time, losing to people that they just shouldn't have mm. as a loss on their record and purely because they haven't been able to step away. Yeah. Um, really bad. <laughs> no names. Let's <laughs> not get sued on the third episode. <laughs> so uh, you finish, you finish in kickboxing, you know, um, what, what's that in between period? And did you, did you fo- kind of focus on personal training and, you know, getting that kind of side of your career? You're yeah. li- leaving the office, leaving the solicitor's office. Um, I imagine that was, or maybe it wasn't, you know, what was the decision like to go? Yeah, I'm no. out of here. <laughs> it was actually quite scary. I done. I was really. I had a really lovely boss in Crumlin. Um, it was like a general practice, so no criminal law, but I, anything else that came in the door. So wills, divorces, buying mm. and selling house, blah blah. But uh, Duncan was just a lovely little man, and I was saying to him, he knew I was training. He just found it uh, so amusing that I was this f- world champion fighter sitting in his office. Right? He just <laughs> couldn't wrap his head around. Processing I used divorce to papers. Run down to Crumlin Boxing Club on my break, and I'd be there with like all the guys down there. Doing a bit of sparring. No I'd come way. Back Did up you to go him. down to Crumlin? Yeah, Boxing yeah, yeah. Club? yeah I know them all the really well. Oh, they used to ring me. Phil Suckle would ring me. Lindsay, there's a girl out here from Germany. Will you come down and spar at your lunch? And I like they had gear there for me. On your stuff. lunch break from the solicitor's yeah, office. Yeah. Brilliant. So they got they didn't have a shower they got a shower installed down there at my request because I was like lads I can't be going back up to work like this I have a client coming in to sign papers your hand for the house I have to yeah. <laughs> and I have a black eye so um, yeah so Duncan was good. so then when uh, the gym was taken off then I, he knew I was teaching martial arts classes so then I was telling him I'm actually taking PT clients blah, blah. so I went down to part time hours so I was doing 10 to 2 in the office so that Lovely. let me build up morning clients evening clients and still have an income because I was renting an apartment I needed money um, so then it just got to a stage where I had enough clients um, yeah. that I was just like, right. it was kind of do it or, or you're going to shoot yourself in the foot or you're going to go with it. So I just was like, OK, I'm I'm finishing up there. I'm just yeah. going to have to go at it full throttle. Yeah. And, and just uh, haven't looked back since. Love it. Well, I don't even consider it work. No, absolutely <laughs> like, not. You're so good at it as well. I mean, so you can tell that it's your passion. Yeah. Because yeah. You, you're saying it doesn't feel like work. And also like, you know, you to know you is to know that you just absolutely love it. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, and it's yeah. your passion and stuff like that. So then obviously you're working in a gym. Uh, Austin is there working with you too, who's your yeah. partner. So your life partner. <laughs> he is technically. <laughs> we'll see. Your baby baby daddy. Um but uh, uh and then obviously Damien uh, Darker who you were yeah. doing the kickboxing with is tra- is is up there as well. Yeah, doing he, so you're all working together yeah, in this yeah, yeah. gym. I pulled him, he was in Westwood in Sandy Mount working and I was like Damien come on in here and work with us yeah uh, so he was delighted because he was teaching he's he's had fights coming up he's teaching four spin classes a day he has to be on the bike and then he's trying to like come and do some kickboxing oh, and he was just in bits yeah. and I was like it's overrated oh, yeah, the spin guy has to yeah, the coach has to, cycle, has to and he's cycle, teaching yeah, yeah. body pump and all that nonsense and then he's coming to try and spar lads and it was just terrible Too so um, James that owned the gym that we were working in is real open minded and I was like Damien will come, I'll get him some clients, he might bring a few with him, um, yeah. and he did, and it was amazing. Um, 
Brilliant. So then you were obviously there for a couple of years. Yeah. So in that, uh, we, we met in that time where you were working there. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And then you, you, well, I had started jujitsu. You had started jujitsu. Yeah. Um, how, how did you start jujitsu again? Was it Austin? It was Austin, wasn't it? Yeah. You, no, well, kind of like I, yeah, maybe I, I wanted, it was going to be a grappling martial art because I, I love martial arts and I need them in my life. They've yeah. been forever. So when I finished kickboxing, I was like, well, maybe I'll maybe I'll start Thai boxing or something because I, yeah. I know Keen Kelly really well and their club was quite local to me. And I was like, yeah. you know what? What I really want is to walk into a class and know nothing, well, yeah, start from yeah, scratch yeah. and have nobody know me and expect anything from me. So it had to be jujitsu. And then Austin had just come back from, he was living in America for two years and he was asking me, yes. he had been ju- doing jujitsu over there and he was asking me about the best clubs and I knew about Dara and East Coast. So I was like, oh, there's a few clubs around, but I mean, for your money, if you were going to be a pure jujitsu athlete, you need to be in Dara's club. Yeah. So he had started in Monkstown and then um, he was on my back. Come on, come on, come on. But um, he was like a blue belt at that stage. I was like... No belt. A no belt, yeah. Like the belt that came with the game. How lucky were we to like join the best <laughs> jiu-jitsu academy in the country? Yeah. Yep. Um, can you remember when we met, when we first met? Remember the first day we met? No. <laughs> no, Get I remember of this I studio think it was now. like an open mat scenario. What I remember about you, which is hysterical. Cause <laughs> Easy I was, now. Easy I, now. <laughs> I was still in that. You go into training, you train and you leave. You don't socialise because nobody needs to know whether you're male or female or anything about you. Don't draw attention to yourself. You're a body yeah. to train with. And Austin, I think we had maybe started seeing each other at that stage and he was like... Um, Lydia was on and she wanted to, to add you on Facebook because there's, you know, the girls there have a little group or whatever. And I was like, yeah. who? And he was like, Lydia, do you remember? And I was like, yeah, the lovely girl I was talking to. I don't want, I don't want, I don't need any new friends. You know, I was like, I'm not making friends. I'm there to train. Leave me alone. And then, like even now, Austin still you slags me over that. You are not getting away from us. Are you kidding me? No way. I, I love the fact no. that I, I wanted to add you on Facebook. Yeah, that's I, how old it was. I have since deleted my Facebook, FYI. Um... <laughs> But um, I remember meeting you, right? And I was like so excited because when I started, there was a couple of the girls who were higher belts and I was like so overweight and like unfit and like just like, I just felt like such a little ugly kid in the corner. <laughs> I was like, what even is this? Like, I don't do sports. Why am I here? And uh, I remember meeting you and I was just like, oh, like Lindsay is so like the polar opposite of me because you were an athlete and you were... <laughs> fit and you're like driven and you know like it was did this because this was like in my you know I'm just coming out of my last phase where I like lost seven years of my life like on the session and uh literally like that meeting you and the months that followed were life-changing for me do you know what I mean like you, like I mean I've said it to you so much like but I don't think you know how much like I am so grateful for meeting you and so grateful for the information as hard as it was for you to make it to sink in (laughs) for me but for anyone listening like Lindsay basically like took me under her wing and brought me to her gym and trained me like multiple times per week fed me let me stay in her apartment like taught me about food body weight everything and like I know I'm probably not your favourite client the morning I made you eat mince for your breakfast <laughs> mince 
I would have shoveled mince down. You made me a steak with about six inches of fat hanging <laughs> off it and a fried egg. Oh, I was like that. The breakfast of kings. I wouldn't mind, but we were after having a bottle of wine the night before. <laughs> like that was my bad input. A bottle of wine and a bit of chocolate. And the next morning, Lindsay's like, breakfast. It's like coming out of my lovely shower, you know, just after having a lovely night's sleep. And there was like half a cow on the plate. <laughs> and I remember like eating it and you were like devouring yours. And I was like eating it. And I was like, oh, holy crap. I was like, I'm not going to be able to finish this. It's like, what am I going to say to her? <laughs> and then you were like, you're not going to eat that, are you? I was like, fuck no. <laughs> the shit off my plate. Too soon, too soon. It was too soon. So I remember you were like, okay, bacon, bacon. Like, and, and then I remember I spoke about last week as well. Um, when you were telling me uh, bacon and avocado, bacon and avocado, just yeah. an, an egg. That's yeah. it for your breakfast. And I was like, what? And I was like, what about bread? And you were like, no fucking bread. <laughs> and then I was like, but what would I put it on? And you were like, a fucking plate. <laughs> oh my God, I'm such an asshole at times. Screaming like, at me. Like, honestly. Literally, I'm like, Sometimes okay, in the gym, Lindsay. I'm talking to clients and I can catch Austin's eye and he's kind of giving me that you've gone too far, look. But it's just so Listen. basic for me. People, like, honest to God, they, it's if, as if they've given birth to the fucking bread. <laughs> I, what about my bread? I'm like, have you laboured that <laughs> bread? It's, why are you surgically attached <laughs> to the fucking bread? Like, honest to God, what will I have for my lunch? <laughs> oh my Jesus Christ, what did anyone ever have for their lunch before bread became a thing? Like, Listen, you, I'm laughing, my, I'm actually in tears here because like you are, this is why you're so, we'll go on to talk about it, this is why you're so good at athlete nutrition and like pegging <laughs> functional sports co- coaching and the whole lot because you're you're just, you need to be just with people who are serious about like Absolutely, weight yeah, yeah, and yeah. fitness and attaining their goals like you take no choice when it comes to the regular joe soap no i can't lie and i can't dress things up and as you know well sometimes i feel like i bully you at times but i'm like honest to god i need it like i still obviously have like this habits that you know i i I, my my problem and you you know like is that consistency like i can be six months absolutely brilliant and then i go out for like a couple drinks and then it's just spirals yeah somebody somebody sees me out on instagram and then they're oh you're back drinking (laughs) (laughs) yes come on out for lunch tomorrow and then it's four days later and like you know my mother's going are you okay i haven't heard from you in a couple (laughs) days like i'm in bleeding wicklow or i'm being freaking let me carry um so you know it's consistency and it's like absolutely it's trying to retrain my brain to thinking that when I'm in the zone of eating clean and on the straight and narrow is that this is just it as opposed to this is just it for like six or seven, eight months until I can go back and go in a mad one. That's what I have to. Well, the problem is, and a lot of athletes are like this and I think that's why I'm good at dealing with them because I've, I've, I've had some terrible weight cuts and I've had some beautiful weight cuts. Um, But athletes are generally all or nothing personality types. They're Mm. all in. So they are like you. If they've had one glass of wine, they're going to drink all the fucking wine and eat all the burgers because it's like what I call yeah. last supper itis, where mm. they they try to have everything. Uh, whereas they don't consider that well, I could have a few glasses of wine and I can have my regular breakfast in the morning and then I could have some Ben and Jerry's, but then I'll have my regular dinner yeah. and just get on with life. They they're like I'm off the wagon, let's party, and then yeah, someone yeah. has to drag them back to the wagon few kilos heavier definitely and like i mean we've 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 both seen it over the years with like 
you know, fighters who've won or they've lost and then that night they go on a mad one, yeah. they drink loads, they drink the next day, they drown their sorrows or they celebrate for yeah. a week or two. And they just, I, so many of them have like, you know, are thrown up by the end of the week because their yeah. stomach can't actually take all the shite that they've been eating. And, yeah. you know, they're just like, it's just such a, a horrible cycle. Yeah, but, it's um, quite disordered. But I don't get me wrong, people should celebrate things. And if you've had a hard fight camp, you want to go and eat the stuff you've missed out on, mm. do. But don't pretend there's a huge mystery about the fact that you've put on some weight then. And, yeah. you know, and then if you do have another fight coming up, you can't, you need to get back on it, you know, mm-hmm. just enjoy it. Don't feel guilty about it. You've done it. It's factual. It's amazing. You needed it. Get it off your chest. And now back to real life. At what point into working at the gym and studying um, for personal training and, and getting into, at what point did you kind of realize that you wanted to sort of like zone in on athletes and yeah. athlete nutrition and weight cuts in particular? Was it something that naturally happened or was it something that you were like, right, this is an area that I'm good at because I have the experience? Yeah, yeah. And let's go into um, it. It kind of naturally presented itself to me because there would have been people on the Irish team travelling with me and they'd have been asking me weight cut advice and stuff like that. And then particularly um, girls started coming to me because there was a girl, like girls and boys are so different with weight cuts and yeah. they were getting bad advice from men. Um, so yeah, just people were presenting themselves to me and it was an area that I had learned through doing and studying. So I knew, like I like I said, I've had some terrible weight cuts. Once I learned how to do it, people would see me away at internationals doing my weight cut and... Um, fighting fine refueling properly and they'd be just blown away by it Um, so they'd be like you need to tell me what you're doing Uh, so that kind of happened then and then I'm quite passionate about female athletes in particular being Mm. one myself but there's so much bad information out there for women and well it's not it's yeah it's bad for women because it's for men you know so and a lot of male trainers will learn about female hormones in the books but they haven't experience it or they haven't had enough female bodies go with them mm. through this to know whereas when I, I've been through it myself and I've always been helping out the girls on the Irish team and the boxing team and stuff and then obviously I start uh, athletes non-related athletes start hiring me and so I have so much data in person and knowledge from learning um mm. Uh, so I really just want women to be able to perform at the top of their sport well hydrated and well fed I mean it's so important isn't it that you know I mean, it makes sense. You go to a woman about... Yes. And uh, I'm not saying that a man can can't do this same. job. But yeah. a man needs to specialise in this like the way they, they would specialise in something else. But things like, you know, um, you know, MMA fighters do their water cuts on yeah. fight week. Um, and there was like 50... Some kilos. of us used to do water cuts for jiu-jitsu competitions. <laughs> say none. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> Don't tell anyone. Um, <laughs> a 50 kilo girl would be taking a protocol that was given to a 90 kilo man. So she'd be trying yeah. to drink fucking eight liters of water. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, that is not. You weigh yeah. 50 kilos. So, so at most her muscle mass might be 40 kilos. Just very quickly explain to anyone listening that doesn't understand water loading. Yes. What it is. Basically, uh, it's a way of manipulating your water weight to kind of be lighter, but you don't lose any fat and stuff. So coming up to fight week, um, it's just an, an added way to kind of get your body ready to do the bath and the wrap, the dehydration bit. So um, the leaner the athlete is, the better it is because muscle carries water. So the more muscle they have, the more water they can drop. But basically you would start six days out from weigh in with a moderate amount of water. So say your your average 70 kilo man or woman uh, would maybe do f- three litres for a day, then yeah. four litres the next day, four litres the next day, then he'll do five for two days. And then on the last day, the day before weigh in, he'll drink just about a litre, a litre and a half, depending on how thirsty he is. But his kidneys will carry on as if he was 
doing five. So he'll keep on peeing out urine. Um, so he'll wake up lighter that morning and then his muscles will also be mm. heavily loaded with water. So when it comes time to get into a bath and a wrap, he loses water really easily. Um, sweats two kilos off in half an hour, weighs in, rehydrates properly, which is key. And everyone's happy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, stuff. But people, there's so much bad information there. Like American wrestlers are big into water loading and they're kind of like jujitsu. It blows my mind. So they weigh in and step on the mat. So yeah. they should not be manipulating their, their fluid intake um, mm. or their food intake. But they do. And they go quite extreme and they might, you'd hear of someone doing it a bit backwards. So they'll do 10 litres and then nothing for three days. Like yeah. you can't fucking not drink water for three so, days. I'm, I'm already stressed even hearing you talk about that. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Um, so water loading is a great way to get a couple of kilos off. If like So with jiu-jitsu athletes, they can water load if they react well to it, if they do it well. But the problem with water loading for a jiu-jitsu athlete is it, it's better than starving themselves, for mm. sure. It's better than them being in a sauna the morning of a competition. Yeah. But it requires low carbs for the week because it requires low salt. And yeah. carbs carry water and salt carries water. So you need to... Um, so your week coming up to the competition, you're going to be quite low carb. And as a jiu-jitsu athlete, that might not be ideal for you, depending on if you're fat adapted mm-hmm. or you're um, a carb face. I know that, um, you know, you obviously get requests quite frequently for people that, you know, for weight cuts and to come on board and to help them with their nutrition and stuff like that. Yeah. And, you know, I know that there's been people, you know, maybe that are kind of in the red zone where it's like, <laughs> <laughs> you should be you should be 12 kilos lighter than yeah. you are now and you're fighting how long. Do you have a kind of like a, I suppose, a, a filtering system with the people that you take on or the athletes that you oh, work yeah, with? yeah, absolutely. Like health is priority for me. So... I've been contacted by some well-known people way too late into their camp um, mm. with way too much weight to lose. And they're like, can you get me to this? Or like, I'll give you any money. And I'm like, well, I could get you to that weight for sure, but you will be long-term damage and you absolutely won't fight well. So there's a number of problems here. Morally, I, I won't allow myself to do that. Yeah. It's ridiculous. You've left it too late. You should be ashamed of yourself. You're a professional athlete. <laughs> I actually feel like um, it's been me. I'm getting told this right now. Um, and then the the other thing is I'm not attaching my name to that bad weight cut. Yeah. Like, you know, your reputation is your thing. And like, I wouldn't be. There's a few people that are friends of mine that might come to me in trouble and I'll help them out as much as I can. But I'll okay, tell let's them. Stop talking about me here. OK, <laughs> but they'll know. And I'll be very honest with them. Look, you're probably not going to fight great. You're probably yeah. not. You're not doing yourself justice. Um so yeah, definitely I've said no to, to people that were, were outrageous. But it just have again they been pissed off. Have they been like Oh yeah, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. can imagine. Because so. the, everyone thinks everything's their last such, hope. Everything's you know? such a, they think everything's such a great opportunity for me. I'm like, you know, it's a great opportunity for me. A, like a consistent client that comes into me three times a week and pays me to be there. Yeah. Not this one fighter that has is gonna be literally in my pocket for a week because they're losing their marbles, that they're gonna maybe mm. lose their fight purse and they're got definitely gonna lose their fight. Absolutely. It's, it, do you think it's in that kind of stage where the fighter has left it too late? Because obviously they're training yeah. because obviously they're they're turning up to the gym and they're preparing for the fight in that way. Do you think it's the mental aspect that stops them with the weight? Or like, what is it? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, well, the problem sometimes with, with a lot of fighters in it, and I know like I'm very cutthroat about it because for me like personally. Why, why do fighters all the time say after a weight cut, the hard part is over? You know, so yeah. it is, is it at that mental sort of... Yeah, well, it's bad information for a lot of them because obviously they've been training uh, really hard, maybe twice, three times a day. So they have been able to put in a lot of calories. But then 
their body is in a st- stressful state they're not getting any younger every time you go through a bad weight cut the rebound is higher and ev- after every fight say someone fights at 70 kilos mm-hmm. they might walk around at 78 next fight they'll be walking around at 79 before camp next fight they're 80 suddenly they're 85 kilos they're trying to cut back down to 70 and they're wondering why the stuff they were doing before isn't, isn't working, working. Um, and they're leaving it too late because they know what's happened is they've gone from fucking living the dream eating whatever they want but training really hard mm. they leave it too late so then there's four weeks of extreme deprivation so the next time you have to go into that you're dreading it you don't want to do it so mm. then you put it off until the last possible minute um, and then it's it's too late and it affects your performance blows my mind blows my mind it, it really do does I, and because I know you like you know outside of the, our work and relationship um, I, know, I definitely know it affects <laughs> you like massively do you know what but I mean but I just feel like for you, me why, why does it annoy you because it's the unprofessionalism of I, it or yeah, that it's disrespectful to the sport or what exactly no, is it no because pro- you've got all these people saying weight divisions are shit people shouldn't be cutting blah 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 people should be at their physical um, peak getting into the cage if you ask me and that means leanness so people should be cutting weight if they're if they're a little bit fat or they're carrying a bit of fat yeah but it annoys me because for me personally as a fighter um there's things I can control and there's things I can't so if I want I can't control my opponent's skill set I can't control my opponent's mentality or their fitness mm. I can control my own mentality I can control my own fitness and I can control my own nutrition yeah and nobody ever ate anything by fucking accident <laughs> so if I'm eating a sandwich I've decided to eat that sandwich yeah and then I put my body in a bad place and then I, I for me if I haven't done everything in my control to win I can't complain if I don't win yeah okay. and if you've got these professional professional fighters they've nothing else in their life other than to train and eat well and win fights and they can't get their head out of Subway <laughs> Or if anyone's listening here, who's the representative of Subway, we are sorry. <laughs> Love Subway. There are other establishments that are equally as bad for you as a Subway. But you know what I mean? It's just, where, it just blows does, my mind. Where does this um, strictness come from? My mom, like, she's a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay Doyle, we're going to have to put a cap on. Shane, are we sweating here with the swearing? <laughs> I'm only messing. It's not my mother's fault at all. No, but listen, like, I mean, because obviously you, you, you're... you're um, you're strict you're to the point you know what you want you know you're you've got this the control aspect of it but you know and it's the professionalism of the sport and stuff but where is it because that's in you that sort of like control freak like just fucking do it this way is in you where did that come from like is that something like from when you're a child not having control and now as an adult you are having control like where did that come from I don't know I don't know like by Growing up, I was very independent. I never mm. liked to ask anybody for anything and I felt like I could do everything myself. Um, and I just, you know, people, like the world is in so much trouble and people just moan about nonsense and that really annoys me. And moaning that you can't make weight when you've been eating like a pig falls for me into that yeah. area of nonsense. Like yeah. there's, there's the only thing that matters in the world is that you're happy around the people you love and they're, everyone's healthy and safe. And you're, I have someone moaning that they haven't lost weight and they've been eating like a, like a toddler for, you know, it just, I, and then if you're an athlete, is that very different? Don't get me wrong. My clients that are with me for, to be a little bit healthier or to just do a bit of movement that they know they wouldn't do if they were with me. Mm. They don't get this. Like I'm as involved as you want me to be in that kind of side of things. But athletes, I mean, honest to God. And as well, it's the one edge that you can give yourself because 
90% of the fighters aren't eating well. So for me, that's that's brilliant. I can get ahead of these people on it's this. It's your advantage yeah. if you I work it right. In a jiu-jitsu competition, you might have fucking eight matches in a day. Mm. You want to be fueled correctly for that. Another thing that I often rant about is that, and I used to see it in, in boxing, and it just blew my mind, right? We'd be in the National Boxing Stadium weighing in for the seniors. Yeah. <laughs> and lads would have weighed in, and i turn around, and they're eating fucking breakfast with rolls and drinking Luke's and with stuff. a can of Monster in But they haven't fought you. What is that? And I'm just like, you haven't won the fight because you've made weight. You know, you have to perform, you know, and then it'd be stuff they haven't eaten in four weeks because they've been really strict themselves, and then they're wondering why they feel sluggish and stuff. So one thing with my fighters, I'm just like, I swear to God, no chocolate till you get out of the ring or the cage. Like, honestly, they have, when they weigh in, I they have a protocol for me. They have their, their diet leading up in camp. Mm. They have their fight week protocol and they have their scales to ring protocol. Have you ever fired someone from your roster because they just weren't sticking to the plan? <laughs> yes, a few people. I, I, can't, I can't. I'd like you to name them I all <laughs> alphabetically, please. A couple of people. See, people <laughs> want help, but then they, 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 they know better. Or what help. happens is people shop around till they hear the right answer. Yes. And I, yes, yes, yes. Like, and I, I'm not um, in need of pleasing anybody. This is, I fully believe in what I know and what my experience. Yeah. So I know what I've done has worked for the people I've worked with. Now, mm. there could be outliers and stuff, but I don't need to justify myself to, to anybody. So like, and I'll say that people when they want to work with me, I'm like, look, if you do exactly as I ask, this is going to be your easiest wake up of your whole yeah. life. If you don't, don't don't even look at me. <laughs> like you can't <laughs> complain if you haven't done what you're paying true, me to do. You know. So it, let's talk about the people that you have worked with. I think maybe the most high profile and the most successful, in my opinion, was obviously Ashton Daly. Yeah, yeah. Because you started working with her at a time where she was finding it again. This is just what I read on the MMA websites. I don't know. Um, but at a time where um, she was finding it difficult to cut down to her weight class or, you yeah. know, that the weight class, she was, um, I think she spoke publicly about like um, her period stop and yeah, stuff like that. Hasn't he? You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, I thought I was giving her classified information. There. <laughs> I was like, shit. No. Um, but, you know, and it, when you came on board or it was when, was it UFC Dublin? Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah. It was UC Dublin when she was fighting Almeida. Yeah. Uh, what's her name? Um, Jacqueline, I think. Jacqueline Almeida. Yeah. I, oh, no, that's the girl. She trains out in, in oh, the yeah, gym. Yeah. yeah, it's something Almeida. Sorry, yeah, yeah. apologies. I can't think of her name. But um, when she stood on the scales, all the press after that weigh-ins yeah. were like, we've never seen her look so good. She was saying, I've never felt so good. Yeah. And you got like a lot of press on the back <laughs> yeah. of that because people were like, who is this woman yeah. stood next to Ashley? You know, she's like, this is my nutritionist. And it's like, right, we're like, yeah, you know, this is yeah, freaking jacked. She looked jacked and she looked ready to fight. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And, and obviously, she had a great performance as well. She did. It's the UFC. Like, I, I remember... Um, uh, I hope you don't mind me saying it, but I remember like talking to you like years ago and you were saying your dream was the UFC because yeah. you, da- you dabbled then in MMA as well yeah. and you went yeah, to yeah. IMAF and stuff like that. And I remember you saying that your vision is the UFC, like just your vis- like, visual- 
Yeah. Vi- visualization was the UFC, the UFC. And then a couple of years later, you know, after that whole time with Ashling and the nutrition, you were like, well, yeah, I saw I the I UFC. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I saw it and here I am. This is the universe and this is life. And this is my version of the UFC. Exactly. Yeah. This is yeah. the journey that I'm on. And like, it was just such a, a real kind of eye opening moment where I was like, shit. <laughs> like, you know, like that you, you could have taken like, oh, I didn't make the UFC and I no, haven't yeah. my dream dreams haven't come true and missed out on seeing actually what has happened there and you obviously because of who you are you didn't and you choose the the positive route but But the thing is what what I knew what it would take to make it to the UFC as a fighter I was doing MMA with Owen Roddy out in um, SBG Charlestown yeah and he was saying to me um, honestly now if you put your head down you could make it and I was kind of going Owen I already gave a lot of my life away to kickboxing <laughs> yeah. and I know what's involved. It's the same with jiu-jitsu now. I compete kind of when I feel like it. Yeah. But jiu-jitsu has to be for me just just competition for my jiu-jitsu sake. But, so if I find myself getting wound up before a competition or fully like getting into that, I, I need to win. Now, I, obviously, I'm always trying to win when I'm competing, but feeling like I should win, mm. I kind of pull myself back from jiu-jitsu competitions because I don't... I, jiu-jitsu for me yeah. is going to be a lifelong hobby and I... As soon as that old Lindsay that needs to be world champion rears her head, I'm a bit scared of her. I'm a bit scared of her because I'm like, you've, I've been there, I've done that and I've got so much other things in my life that would suffer if mm. I really chose this path and I don't yeah. love it enough to do it. But with the UFC, it's just funny because I had been at the UFC that Connor fought at with my housemate and Sandy for the time and we were watching it and I was saying, the next time the UFC's in Dublin, I'm going to be on, on that stage. Mm. And the next time the UFC was in Dublin, I was on, on that stage, stage. Yeah. taking Ash's clothes off so she could get onto the scales. <laughs> it's wild, isn't it? Like yeah. how, like that, you know, the, just how life the evolves. The plan and was that, not, a, not that I was fighting, that I was there helping Ash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. That, what, that was hysterical. What that, was that, that experience like? Madness, like, absolute madness. Like talk us through that, like, you know, the UFC experience, like, you know what I mean? We're all waiting. I'm waiting for the UFC call, you know? What was that like? I was brilliant. It was mayhem. But um, Ash came to me quite late. The way that came about was I, um, over the years, Ash had called on me for striking spars. Mm. So I knew her. We were quite friendly. And she, I had started jujitsu at that stage. And she was like, oh, are you going to do a bit of a me? And I was like, I don't know. And she's like, well, I'm going over to... I don't know where she was going. Where was she going? Liverpool or something for a sparring weekend. Why don't you come with me? And I was like, fuck it. Well, I'll come with you. Um, went with her f- and we stayed in a lovely girl's house, another fighter for the weekend. She put us up and we sparred in her club for the weekend. Yeah. Um, What's her name? Laura Howarth. Howarth? Don't know her. She was on Invicta a couple of times, but oh, I don't cool. think she'd done too well. Um, but anyway, so I was with Ash all weekend and she was watching what I was eating. And I had no fights around coming up. I was just eating the way I would eat for health, kind of. And she was like... Which is 99% clean. percent <laughs> clean. And she was uh, maybe, I think, six or eight weeks out from UFC Dublin. So she was already very, very restricted calories. And I would, I never comment on what people eat. And like the way I always say to my friends, because when we're going out for dinner, I'm like, look, girls, unless you're paying me to care, I don't care what you're eating. So don't even be bothering <laughs> thinking I'm looking at your plate. And it's the same. Yeah. I would never, I'd be out with anyone. I would never, if you ask me, I'll give you all the information you want, but yeah. I'm never going to comment. So I noticed in my head, Ash was not eating enough calories to sustain the training we were doing. And she was so far out from UFC Dublin that it could only go worse and worse. And then she was saying to me, I feel you're shocked. a bit of a pig there. Like you're eating a lot of food. What? 
you know, what, what are you weighing at the minute and stuff? And I was like, oh, yeah. No. And then so she asked me a few questions and then it very naturally progressed to. And then it got to the stage when we got back then. There was like a ladies open matter. So I went out and she was like, asked me something else. And I was like, actually, no, I can't. You have a coach and I can only assume that there's a reason that you're being led the way you're led. And I'm not going to step on anybody's toes. Mm. So. Is that difficult to make that make that call? Yeah, because I really wanted to help her and I could mm. see. And then, of course, when she told me she hadn't had a period in a couple of years, I was like, fuck, this is a joke. This woman is ruining her mm. body. But basically, she was like, OK, so could you just work with me exclusively? Would that make you comfortable? And I was, and it wasn't about money or anything. It was just more, I was like, I'm not stepping on anybody's toes because mm. there's just nothing more annoying than... Everything knows out of joint. Yeah, and also people get things out of context. So I could only assume the people she was working with had her doing what she was doing for a reason. I didn't know her diet and history. So you can't be just assuming people are doing stuff wrong. You know, that kind of way. Mm. So I was like, I'm either all in or, or all out. And I'm happy to help your friend of mine, but I can't be stepping on anyone's toes. So she asked me to help her. And I and even at that, I was like, fuck me, it's a bit close. So her calories were really low, but I couldn't increase them because she would have just put on a bit of weight. Yeah. So I had to make her calories work harder for her. So give her much more voluminous food in the calories she had. And she responded really well to that. Um then we had like the water cut protocol and everything. And then I was in the hotel with her doing her cut, which was yeah. the first time I had ever done that as well. It was brilliant. I remember going into the hotel room and there was like pots and pans and like a little like little like barbecue grill thing that you could like, <laughs> I was like are we going camping here? Are we fighting in the no, UFC yeah. Dublin? What's going on? You Literally, know, like there's a restaurant downstairs. Like, there's actually a restaurant like 20 meters away. Like, you could just go get a bit of no. chicken and fish down there. But Ash is that amazing unicorn client that literally done exactly as I asked mm. her. So, but it paid off. Yeah. Paid off. But the, we had done the cut right and, um, well, Paddy was fighting that night as well, wasn't he? And yeah. Cahill. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So the no, three of them. No, was Cahill on that card? Yeah, he was. Yeah, the three of them. Because Chris was helping Cahill Someone else was helping Paddy. He lost. Pa- no, Paddy lost. wasn't fighting. Cahill was. Ca- yeah, he lost that night. No, yeah. Paddy was on the one with Connor. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That whole night. Yeah. But anyway, there was a whole load of SBG lads going around, and Ash after second bat, so we're about a kilo away from fight weight. Mm. Her her scale stopped working. <laughs> so we were like, hold on a second. We'll wing it. You'd be grand. Of course it did. So we went and asked Paddy. It was his scales or Carl's scales. I'm not sure. But anyway, so we were on weight. It was great. We were going, and then we were going down to get into the coach to go over to the three arena and um the UFC had a test scales and they were like just check on that they, they were just checking everyone before they got on the bus so they would know if there was any surprises coming yeah but of course the test scales was lopsided on a half tile half wooden floor right ash jumps on it so she's fighting at 115 it's not a championship fight so she's allowed to be 116 ash jumps on that it goes 113 125 127 119 settles on about 118 and i'm just looking at her she's looking at me and i'm like you're fucking on weight. Like that, that's not right. And I'm saying to your man, can you put that on a flat ground? Get a piece of wood over here. And he was like, get on the bus. And I was like, (laughs) she's on weight. weight." So we were on the bus. Are you shitting yourself at that moment? Are you just like, I'm going to pack my stuff and go back to the solicitor. (laughs) Am I 115? Can I just get on the scales (laughs) and pretend to be her? Um, But no, so we're on the bus and I'm trying to keep her calm. John is sitting behind us and she's like, John John Cavanaugh. John Cavanaugh. And she's like, John, I was heavy on the check scales. And I was like, she's on weight though. And John's like, it's fine. You're, what was your scales? What was Paddy's scales? Blah, blah, blah. We're going through it all, all, trying to bring it logical. And I was like, look, it's fine. If you need to weigh in on the nip, it's like, I'll hold a tell for you, but yeah. you're, you're on. And I kept saying, you, you are on weight. I believe you're like, we know you're on weight. And she was like, I know. What a head fuck, you know? And then, so then Austin is in the audience with his brother thinking like, this is amazing. Lindsay's going to be doing this at yeah. the UFC. And Proud boyfriend. I'm texting him going, the fucking check scales is off. I don't know if she's going to make weight. And he was like, oh, Jesus. 
<laughs> so then anyway, she got on the stage and she weighed in and I've never been so relieved in my life. I was just like, of course what she's did on she, weight. Was, I knew she was on weight. What did she officially weigh in under? She weighed 115.6. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, she. I remember she looked so good. Like, And even all the photographs of that day, um, her smile just yeah, told yeah, a million. Yeah. And when she ended up to fight like... I don't think any of us saw a fight like that before. Like, no, so she yeah. had this look, and obviously she had the walkout, the cra- the, the the cranberry zombie. zombie yeah. uh, like, I think uh, hundreds of thousand views now on YouTube at this stage. Mm. Iconic moment, but everything about that. I know she, uh, you know, fe- felt a bit. Um, emotional about the fact that she wasn't on that UFC Dublin car with Connor and all the guys yeah. she definitely deserved to be on it because of her legacy and stuff like that and things that she had achieved before that point but well, she was in the Ultimate Fighter house that's why she wasn't oh that's exactly yeah. what it was yeah, yeah. yeah she yeah, may yeah, well yeah. have been on it but she was off in the yeah, UFC yeah exactly house. doing that right but for her to be on that second UFC Dublin card and to win in that way it, it was I think it was kind of meant to be in a way because the night was about her. Yeah, exactly. She stole the show. Yeah, you know, and that wouldn't yeah. have happened if she was on the car with Connor. No, do you know what I no. mean? No, oh, it was brilliant. I was, I'm, now I'm not, as you know, a crier. Now, since having a child, I've become more of a crier. But um, <laughs> I was beside, for both of us. I was watching the fight. I was beside Owen Roddy and his wife, his yeah. lovely wife, Kelly. Kelly and yeah. uh, after the fight, I just, I was sitting down and Owen, I remember particularly, just put his hand on my shoulder and went, you were a huge part of this. It's okay to to cry, and I just put my hand out. I was like, I'm so relieved. She's just done amazing, and he was like, Yeah, no. And I was well, like, listen, it's such an emotion. I think it's very hard for people who are not involved in fight sports or in camps or in teams um, of of professional athletes that fight to understand the emotional baggage and drama and turmoil that yeah. goes into a fight camp yeah it's the most up and down like and it's such a bonding experience anyone you bring along on that journey with you is friends for life yeah absolutely uh, but unfortunately for ash that was where the work started because my goal after that was to get her her period back so mm. there was no celebration for her after that i was like yeah great you won but we need to fix your body yeah so, so she I gave she, her the yeah. weekend and then from monday onwards we were working on fixing her straight um, back into it yeah and it took I'm going to say a year maybe mm. to, to get the body functioning well again. Um, and, but again, was do, was doing everything I asked. And now, of course, she then, she now was a personal trainer. Yeah, she's she into it. That. She knows herself and her body very well from going through that. Yeah. Um, current fighters, who are, who are you working with? Uh, Liam McCourt is... Mm, Bellator MMA. Yes. Um, and Sonna Davis' daughter. Invicta. Uh, Invicta, yeah. yeah. She's a beast, and then, man. Probably name an Irish jiu-jitsu female competitor, and I'm I'm helping her. All of any, them. Any men? It's a few, but probably. Yeah. yeah. Who cares about the men? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but it's not uh, my bread and butter. That's kind of like a passion project for me, you know. Yeah, that's my, your uh, kind of like little sort of hobby thing. Yeah. But the gym is obviously your well, being a mother, little yeah. Bodie. That's your 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 uh, your number one. Yeah, it doesn't um, pay enough. <laughs> Just pay enough. <laughs> Cost pays nothing. Um, but uh, I mean, moving on from there, um, obviously motherhood is a huge part of you know yeah. the the getting up to date of where we are now. Yeah. Um, what was that like? Because I know that for as your friend, you know, like <laughs> none of us expected that. <laughs> Myself you included. You expected that either, <laughs> you know. But it was such a happy, lovely, you know, surprise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how has yeah. the transition to mother? Because how old's Bodie now? He's, He's one two and a half. half. Two, two and a half. half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. Um, how was that? First of all, how was that um, emotionally? As you know, for um, 
I suppose being someone who is so in control of not only your body but your weight and yeah you're you're you were so you know I text you on like half seven on a Tuesday morning and you, I'd be like what are you up to well I'm on my way out to such and such and then I'm blah blah and all yeah. right. so what was that like to find out that you were pregnant and to kind of like go right everything's going to change now yeah uh it was a huge shock I obviously didn't intend on being pregnant um yeah. First worry when I found out was that I had had an MMA fight a few weeks previous. <laughs> How did I forget that? <laughs> Lindsay Doyle fought up at Akuma. So is one and one Akuma, that was. That yeah. was my first, the first time doing post-fight interviews was at that show. Yeah. I'd done a post-fight interview. You won. You, you retired <laughs> undefeated in MMA. You were pregnant when you fought. Yeah, obviously didn't have a clue. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, so then when I found out I was pregnant, I was like reading, obviously straight into like pregnancy books and they were like, don't go in the sauna. I was like, I was in a sauna, I'm going to have five, gonna, this baby's going to be with seven arms. And so then obviously the pregnancy <laughs> books went into the bin. Yeah, get rid of them, you'd be um, grand. But no, it took me a while. I'd say I was about eight months pregnant before I was ready to be pregnant. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. It took you that long. I to just really go, didn't right? believe it. I was like, this is this really, even I remember going in the car into Hollis Street, just been like, fuck like this is actually I haven't made this up at all this is happening did you find it was it like a a fear or was it like an upset or was it like a I just haven't adjusted yet I just don't know what's coming yeah I just didn't know whether I was ready kind of to Mm. for the changes it was going to involve but pregnancy wise it was fine I was I had a healthy pregnancy I carried on training um I stopped jujitsu because at that stage I was so new to jiu-jitsu I didn't know enough to keep it safe for myself if yeah. you know what I mean yeah I kept up um hitting pads with Damien so striking um hitting the bag and stuff and I kept up weightlifting all the way through yeah um did you find the transition of the change of your body did you find that difficult um or did you embrace it Were you no like- I was kind of like just getting on with it like it was, it was all very practical so I would notice like I noticed I think about 18 or 20 weeks in that my hips had shifted, so my lunge track was wrong. So I just stopped doing single leg stuff, kept mm. back onto squats. Um, I noticed I just needed longer rest. And obviously the weights got progressively lighter. But I was very good at listening to my body. It was actually after he came and when I was breastfeeding. And I was just mm. like, what even is this? Because like, yeah. I had this. While I was pregnant, I still looked quite fit. And I just had this huge bump. Yeah. Um, and everything was still tight. When I had him, everything got really loose and really wobbly and like just the hormone changes was profusely sweating from parts of your body that aren't really supposed to sweat and stuff. I found that really hard. For somebody who is a professional in terms of nutrition and bodies and body weight and hormones specifically, Mm -hmm. um, were you able to kind of know in those moments where your hormones are flying or your imbalances are, were you able to go, okay, like scientifically go, right, yeah. uh, this is what I need to do. Whereas some women who don't have the luxury of that would just be like, yeah. and there's par- their partners that are like, I'm out of here, man. Yeah. What is going on? Like, I can't deal yeah, with this. a little bit, a little bit. Like I knew, say, for example, by feeding, I was, I was, I was craving more sugar. So I yeah. was like, just get yourself some carbs. And I, I didn't restrict myself in the sense that if I wanted five jam donuts, I was like, sure, have a bowl of porridge. And if you still want five jam donuts, have five jam donuts. It's kind of the way I work. Even yeah. now with treats. You used to say that to me all the time. I yeah. text you and I go, I'm craving like a massive bar of dairy milk or something. And you'd be like, just have your, you know, protein and fats for dinner and have this and have a bowl of berries with Greek yogurt. And if you still want the chocolate have afterwards, it. have yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Because you do really want the craving or or you do really want it or is it craving. Mm. But um, yeah, so you were you were kind of lenient on yourself. Yeah, I was hungrier than I'd ever been. But the problem, it wasn't even the physicality. Like I was, obviously I, I had this new body and my main issue with that was I didn't know how to dress it. But mm. 
I wasn't in a hurry to lose a rake of weight or anything, but I just didn't know if it was the way I felt because I was just exhausted. I was like, is this life now? Is this forever? And then I was missing kind of human connection. So I was straight back to the gym when I had him. I'd bring him to, because luckily I was able to go into the, I had a key to the gym. So I was able to bring him, do a bit of training myself, like lifting and stuff like that and get that headspace. But what I was missing was the classes. So, and then of course, coinciding with that, Austin was going to jujitsu and we would always anytime anyone was like how was class how was this and it's still like every day he comes back from jujitsu I say how was jujitsu yeah and he'd be like oh my god it was amazing we done x y and z and then I would just be steam coming out of my ears like okay enough information (laughs) move on and then I wound up kind of resenting him because then like uh, then if he would dare say he was tired I'd be like oh you're tired are you the luxury of jujitsu you're tired because you went to work and saw some adults and had some fun and then you (laughs) went to jujitsu and had a good training session do you know why I'm tired because your kid has been sucking me dry for 24 hours (laughs) and hasn't slept yeah but no but then as soon as I acknowledged that and we talked about it because that's not fair he's like he he can't as much as I'd like him to he couldn't breastfeed the child so sure he'd give it a bash if I know Austin (laughs) I used to be like look at your useless nipples (laughs) but um yeah so there was a bit of an adjustment but then kind of once I got the swing of things, after about 12 weeks, it becomes very normal. Um, breastfeeding is just easy. You've nailed it. Mm-hmm. Two is the baby and you have learned this skill. It's fine. So then I went back to the intro class in jiu-jitsu. So that's like the beginner's class. Yeah. Um, and then it was great. But I started then because he, he was about didn't sleep till he was literally two. So um, you were kind of now he wasn't up screaming or anything, but he just was checking. Everyone was still where he left them. And he liked to wake up a lot at night just to let us know he was still there so we weren't getting good sleep um, and then when Austin was like working early and stuff so I used to just tell him to go into the other room and I'd take mm. the baby so he could get some sleep at least um, so then I was going to intro but I was dipping in and out because I was like oh, I'm wrecked I'm not going to go today and I was just kind of in a little bit of and I, I was back in work as well I had to go because I work for myself so I went back to work quite quickly Yeah. Uh, so I was like if I go to jujitsu I won't have energy for work this evening and my clients are paying me for my energy so it's yeah. not fair but then eventually um, it all worked out with the schedule that the jiu-jitsu intro classes were on the two days I didn't actually work. Um, and the classes I wanted to go to were before Austin. So I would go no, and just... he would bring the baby with him and we'd do the handover on the mat pretty much. But um, Do you find that this is now after giving you a new kind of notch on your belt of knowledge in terms of 100%. the body and nutrition and what works and what doesn't work <laughs> I fully thought you were saying about jiu-jitsu I was like yeah <laughs> going to intro class for a year I needed it because I was I was getting ahead <laughs> of myself too. and then I had to go to intro and relearn the basics that I never learned in the first yeah. place listen we could all do with going back to the intro <laughs> classes like me included for sure yeah. you know um but yeah definitely it, do you know what it did it gave me uh empathy for clients the postpartum clients that I probably wouldn't have had before <laughs> they're all sitting at home they're listening going absolutely the change in her was brilliant she she became a human being Uh, but yeah but then in saying that I got a lot of then people being like you you should do a postpartum class you should do a Mm. pregnancy you should do whatever but like that's not my special that's not my knowledge area I know my own experience as a healthy woman having a healthy pregnancy having a healthy labour that doesn't give me the expertise to advise someone who has a very different history coming into their pregnancy and maybe had a difficult pregnancy and maybe had like prolapse or tears or whatever all the lovely things that come with having babies so um i'm noticing a trend to know (laughs) until you have a baby afterwards are planning on having children and do not need to be put off it it's all (laughs) worth it my labor was actually fine to be fair but um yeah the i'm noticing that online now a lot of trend of all these mummy and baby classes and postpartum coaches and 
their only real experience is that they've had a baby themselves and it's 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 frightening it's dangerous and a lot of these mommy and baby classes are literally just a regular CrossFit class but you're allowed to bring your baby they're yeah. not adjusted for anything postpartum kind of any complications so I just would never dip into it something I'm not stick to what you're good at yeah stick stay in your own lane and I don't I'm not interested enough to go and study it you know that yeah. way yeah when you think about um you know final thoughts final thoughts for the future you obviously are someone who um is massively goal orientated yeah. in everything that you do from you know the next five years what are you hoping to uh well to i achieve? starting a master's now in september um in exercise and nutrition science with Chester University because my bachelor's is in law I just want uh, to formalize my physical I've never done a degree in in what I do for a living so I'd like to do that Uh, so that's going to take me two years that'll that'll be good fun Um, also about to launch so I get a lot of um, inquiries from jiu-jitsu athletes in particular asking about what they should be doing the gym lifting wise Mm. um, and they don't uh, I don't. I don't have. They any don't. <laughs> they don't. Yeah, no, no. They don't lift. They don't want <laughs> necessarily personal training, and I don't have the availability of time to get them all in anyway. Yeah. Um, so I would do a bit of remote programming, but so I'm about to launch myself and Austin and another girl from Jiu Jitsu Hazel have been working on a website called Improve Grappling, and it's yes. basically yeah, it's going to be monthly subscription for your Jiu Jitsu strength and conditioning workout. So Brilliant. you'll get a new program every month with your goals in mind. You'll tell us you know, your belt and it'll be like either be guard type program, like, you know, arm bar defense type, you know, just yeah. it'll all be jujitsu specific. Um, so we're going to really put, we should be launching that in the next month or two. So we're going to really push on that. Brilliant. So where can our listeners find out more about it? Um, Beyond social. Improve grappling on Instagram. There's yeah. not much happening on it yet, but um, it's about to be all over your, your face. <laughs> all over your Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so because I do get a lot of inquiries and especially women and I just, I go to a lot of jiu-jitsu competitions because obviously mm. Austin is a high level, high level competitor and I see a lot of girls and I see them, they have, obviously as they do, amazing technique because they have to because they're so small compared to their training yeah. partners. But I see them in things like even just, you know, hip bump sweeps and I'm like, honestly, if you could have, if, if she knew how to contract her glutes, she'd have sent your one out the roof there, you yeah, know. And yeah, yeah, so there's yeah, definitely, yeah. like, I want a lot of girls to start lifting and then, because you know, like, say, Fionn is as strong as an ox and yeah, she Fionn just Davies, demolishes girls. Black belt world champion. Yeah, she lifts, she's strong. Mm. Um, and that's going to separate her from the other black belt girls that aren't as strong. Yeah, already does. Yeah, do you know, she's we'll continue to, yeah. yeah. So um, that's that, yeah, and then just probably have another baby and oh go on you'd have to you have one you might as well have 10 that's the yeah, way i think take myself back out of the game for another couple of years absolutely yeah i'll be there and i'll be there for when you have him him yeah. or her and you need a celebrity bottle of wine <laughs> i'm there um well listen thank you so much it was brilliant You're welcome. good Were, fun you good fun yeah was it all right sorry for all the cursing yeah really we must apologize sorry shane shane's in the corner there absolutely disgusted um but thank you very much so interesting and just a pleasure like and I like I said you know like you really did make a massive difference to me and to everyone that you meet honestly you know you have to be congratulated and commemorated about it (laughs) because 
really I would have been very lost without you and you gave me a whole <clears throat> host of knowledge and a new way of life a new way of living and I have the knowledge now of like when I do go out drinking or I go for dinner and I order pasta I know that right I need to I don't do it anymore Lindsay <laughs> <laughs> I need to know I know now that I have you know the tools to go right so I had that and now this week I need to counteract that by doing yeah, x yeah, y yeah. and z do you know what I mean yeah. so Thank Glad you so it. much. I am so grateful. And you're such a wonderful person. And I'm very happy that you're in my life. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Me too. Um, and for anyone listening, Lindsay uh, owns The Lab Gym. So yeah. check it out. It's, uh, what's the Instagram for The Lab? It's at? The Lab Gym Dublin. Lab Gym Dublin. And check out the new Improv uh, Grappling Improve, as well. Yeah. Improve gra- yeah. gra- gra- Grappling. Um, well, thank you very much. Thank Final you. thought of the day. No pressure. Yeah. In relation to anything, final thoughts. Stop eating fucking bread. (laughs) (laughs) Down with gluten. Okay, perfect. Well, listen, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. And hope everyone enjoyed third episode. God, we're getting good at these. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, see you all next week.